0: Hello and welcome to Givi Connect Plus, a podcast series where we talk to local charities in the UK and put the spotlight on their exciting projects and initiatives. I'm your host, Fiza Hill, and our guest for today is Will Golding from the Bridgend Farmhouse Community. of the Voluntary Arts Scotland Epic Awards 2020 Bridgend Farmhouse are raising funds for a volunteer training program to complete the build of an eco bothy. This program will not only create opportunities for many volunteers to learn natural sustainable building techniques but also work together to build a community bothy building. These volunteers come from a wide range of backgrounds and are building confidence, new skills, knowledge, friendships, and a greater awareness of sustainable practices. The Bothi itself is a straw bale build, which uses 160 bales from local straw. The fundraising project involves asking people to buy a bale for the Bridgend Bothi. If 160 bales are bought, they will be able to complete the project by April 2021. It will be open to the public from then onwards. Once again, a very warm welcome to Will. I would just like to start off by asking you how and when did the idea of this project come into being? What were the main motivations behind creating this environmentally friendly bothy? And what is it that you hope to achieve with this project?
1: Absolutely. So, End Farmers was a working farm in Edinburgh until 2000. It was one of the you know, the last remaining working farms in the middle of Edinburgh, and um, the council took ownership of that at that point. The farmers left, who were still in contact with, and um, the building and the boffy that I mentioned started to sort of collapse but it sits at the edge of what is now a big community woodlands um, in between sort of three distinct areas in Edinburgh, as I said, that are affected by social inequalities. And so 11 years ago, we um, formed a small community group and started a campaign, which was to save Bridgend Farmhouse from collapse um, and to create this hub for resilience, um, for um, control, influence, community activities, but also to link directly into the environment, the outdoor environment, natural environment next to us, and to help to work towards sustainable ways of living um, that are not exclusive. Um, So that was always a kind of principle that we had that we could hopefully try to achieve social and environmental justice through um, this community-owned site. And so after a long time uh, of campaigning and community development, um, in 2015, we became the first um, organisation within Scotland in an urban context to buy the land, I suppose, to have an asset transfer from the council to our own ownership, so to take control of the land. Um, so, it's been a, so since then, we've been working on that. And the Bothy plays a big part of that because one of the aims was that people would learn these principles of ecological building um, and sustainable ways of living, as I said, but, but while doing it, um, develop the skills themselves um, and have the influence and control over that. So um, the having the ability to do that um, was what we wanted to achieve. And then once we did, we wanted to start working on that so that people would build it all the way from the bottom up. Um, and so from learning that, that would create a sense of ownership, um, people would steward it and care for it um, and have the skills to keep looking after it for many, many years to come. Um, so it acts as a place that could also involve activities in the woodlands and in the park and people coming back to that place. But um, represents the ethos of what we're trying to do, You know, a lower carbon, more sustainable way of life, where people are less individualised and support and care for each other with using shared resources, um, so that, that's how we went about it. And we also er, early on were supported by and worked with um, uh, CEDA, Scottish Ecological um, Design Architecture. So they um, worked with us, and that's a lot of what they do to help with um, the, the architectural work around it, um, the principles of how the design would be, um, and um, I've had I've received a lot of help from them as well during the process.
0: That sounds like a super amazing and super inspirational story indeed. It just gives me so much joy and hope to see steps like this being taken in the right direction. And absolutely, just as you mentioned, sustainable practices and low carbon living are such necessities during the current time and also ever more relevant, especially during the pandemic. Um, COVID 19 has definitely, definitely shown us how vulnerable we can truly be um, towards the forces of nature. And just speaking of the pandemic, COVID-19 has definitely disrupted so many parts of our lives and twisted things in a different direction. So I'm definitely sure that it wouldn't be any different for the charity sector and I would just like you to elaborate on some of the challenges that have been posed by COVID-19 in this unprecedented time, or perhaps some of the challenges in general that you faced since you first started this project. Um, has COVID-19 proved to proved to be a huge issue in fundraising? If so, how and do you have any advice or any tips for other people who are fundraising or are working on projects um, such as uh, building a, building a eco bothy? So that's quite a few questions um, toppled into one, but if you could just um, elaborate on those step-by-step. Step.
1: So I'll try to, I'll, I'll, I'll go through the, some of the challenges that the bothy has faced along the way. And then, you know, more recently the, the, the impact COVID-19 has had so you know it's been it has been a project which has had a lot of challenges it's not been plain sailing for us um, and you know it's quite an unusual thing to do um, and both to fan, and to fundraise for because you know it, it's not just a capital build where we would apply for that funding that way because we're building it ourselves so there's all these sort of risks or unknowns for people you know the, the volunteers are building it you know um, and but it's not in um, you know, just a traditional training program. It's, it's you know, it's, it, it, there's a there's there's a significant construction to it, you know, from from building the roof to the foundations and and all aspects. So that so even so, the fundraising itself has been a challenge to see for people to kind of get the vision that that, that we want to do that whole thing ourselves, um, and every single stage of it. So. Um, that that's been one of the challenges, and we we we've had to continually just look at little bit of funding as we went along the way, and and, and you know and try to gain support like through through our givey page. Um, there's been all sorts of other issues around um, you know the planning laws and uh, building warrants, um, and having to stop and start because of funding or because of warrants, um, and that's you know meant that momentum has been hard to then build up again. And um, plus weather, you know, weather will affect, of course, when we can do like the lime render on the outside or the clay render on the inside, when the straw bales were available um, to install them, when we could put the green roof in, um, when materials were available, uh, whether volunteers were around and what, you know, the impact that, that their lives are having on them and, and being able to participate or not. So it's a constantly moving and changing situation, um, and we've been wanting to add an outdoor play area to to to, to on the site as well as a compost toilet, um, which is what we would like to do um, to complete the project. Um, and so we've been trying to work towards them, but they've been pushed back and back as well. So then, you know, we had a bit of momentum, and uh, you know, this time last year we were hoping to get it finished by spring summer last year, and then. When the first lockdown happened, as everywhere else, you know, we we shut down, and um, but Bridge End, as a as a charity and as a as a community hub, was able to utilise its facilities and also a, a fantastic you know volunteer effort, like we saw all across the UK and and perhaps across the world, where um, it galvanised this this sense of care and responsibility and and action, social action. So it became this massive center for food distribution, and we distributed um, over 75,000 meals within the period of three months. Started to provide lots of um, uh, free bikes or bike repair services and phone calls and online groups, and just facilitating a sort of mutual aid network within the area. So that became a core focus. Um, and for the Boffy, that, that meant, you know, we, we, were, we were stopped, but, but, but it did, you know, engage more of our members. We're, we're owned, we're collectively owned by 405 people who have all invested um, to become member shareholders and have an equal democratic say with the organisation. So it engaged more of our members um, who saw this support we were able to give and, and could uh, donate as well during that time to support those efforts. And also it meant we engaged with more people who were really suffering during that time. So we were able to extend our reach and to better understand the experiences people are having within our community and how we can best serve them. So in August, we were able to restart the Bothy build and there was a huge demand because of the kind of mental health pandemic really that to, to have some form of activity um outdoors safely. And so, you know, to be able to provide that was really significant we could do four people at a time working on the bothy at a distance so it became a really important project for that um, and we were able to carry that on till december but once again have had to stop so that's another challenge for us during the time uh, i suppose in issues that um, a lot of the funding has gone through emergency provision both funding from organizations and um, you know philanthropic donation Focused on foods or um, other forms of, you know, emergency provision where the need is high, and that has made it harder to fund things like this, um, which are maybe less immediately tangible, but the impact of them is just as important in terms of mental health um, and and you know, preventing isolation through the training elements of it. So yeah, in terms of you know tips, I mean, I would welcome any tips as well, but I think. Um, you know just continuing to reach out and um, to provide that support further and further um does galvanize um you know, support within the organization um and um uh, and I suppose it's a time to maybe take part in, in in things like this where it's able to help to share information about what what's going on and help try to raise awareness um and um yeah, and to continue to kind of listen to and connect with the people within our community. We've, we've done a piece of community research to try to do that um, and respond to those needs. Um, but um, I, I think funding for all charities, third sector organisations, is a challenge at the moment. Um, uh, but there are people wanting to give and uh, and to support that. Um, and online uh, events and online fundraisers seems to be a really good way of doing that especially when we're not able to meet and, and hold the traditional types of ways we would you know we uh, we had a, a burns night supper last year to raise money for the bothy and 150 people together but we can't do that now so finding ways online to do that um, and to connect with new supporters and donors is, is 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 a way that i suppose we would want to try to go as well
0: Absolutely, no such major project could come without significant challenges and setbacks. And it was, of course, no different for the Bridge and Farmhouse community, but it's admirable that you guys managed to find ways to deal with them. And of course, this entire journey and the challenges that came along with it would have surely have been a great learning experience for everyone that was involved in this project. Can you please define one thing? Or perhaps one inspiring motto that you were able to take away from partaking in this initiative, or perhaps a quote that resonates with you, this project, the entire Bridge and has community and you'd just like to share that with us
1: um, well, one of the things I think back, there's a, there's, a, there's a very inspirational community activist from Craig Miller, which is um, our community that we from called Helen Cromie. And Helen Crombie set up the Craig Miller Festival Society in the 60s, which was um, an organisation where community arts were the catalyst for social change and, and, um, and did some of the most incredible work with, with hundreds of people, thousands of people there to, to um, um, you know, bring about a transformation, really, in the community. And she had said that um, history will be made when the people play their part. And I think that is that that's always such a and and because it's yeah it's such a strong um motto i suppose in a way and it's it's about everyone's playing their part in this particular project in in different ways and through those years um it has created such you know something which will have a long legacy and could be used for many many years but but has been shaped by the people involved in that so um i really think there's Something important there about making history through the collective efforts of everyone who's taking part. Um, so that, that that stands out for me, um, and also um, the this, uh, the sort of work or words of Patrick Geddes, who is a town planner, ed, educator, ecologist, who who worked in Edinburgh 150 years ago. Or so now. Um, talked about and by living we learn and that sort of practical experiential education and and the interaction of place work and folk and and we hope that the bothy represents that type of thing you know it's um so and so so that's yeah that that stands out with me and just the quotes that we're hearing you'll see them on the gibby page from from the volunteers just really are show you know a, a testament to, to to work that's been done and the impact that it's having on those people involved. Um, it's it's what's warning and like reassuring and motivating when things are a struggle and um, taking up a lot of time, especially for so many of us who are volunteering this on top of our own jobs or caring responsibilities or, or other things in life. So that's those are the few things.
0: Definitely, the quote specifically about making history through collective action is so crucial and its importance is becoming increasingly clear to us. So thank you so much for sharing those inspiring quotes with us. And our last question for today is relating to your journey ahead. What's next? Can we hope to see more exciting projects from the Bridgen Farmhouse community? At the same time, are there any projects that you have started to work on already?
1: Mm-hmm. so so we have continued to do um our continued on our uh, response work in relation to covid um we've continued providing welfare phone calls um online groups engagement peer support singing um arts and crafts um and developing that sort of skill sharing aspect of what we do um we are planning ahead now to Adapt the facility and to make it accessible and safe as soon as it is able to, even for small groups, um, because we know how important the um, it is for people um, to not feel isolated, um, and you know, and to address the mental health impact that this pandemic's had. So, we want to provide whatever outdoor training opportunities we can. Um, We will be doing traditional stone wall restoration courses, line pointing to rebuild some of the old walls, stone walls on site. Dry stone diking as well. Um, We'll be um, hopefully building an outdoor play area um, in the steadings opposite the boffy, And as I mentioned, uh, a fully wheelchair accessible compost toilet as well. Uh, We'll be doing path building courses Uh, We'll be developing a small mini orchard in one of our barns and developing a mindfulness garden in one of the steadings as well. Um, And um, also utilising our bike workshop to provide more bike repair, but also to run bike rides. Um, And so to do as much as we can to both support people through this pandemic, uh, to provide new training and engagement opportunities, and to continue to find ways to engage um in an accessible and affordable way in sustainable ways of living. So there's lots of potential things ahead. Um, and who knows what will follow, you know, in future years as well. Lots, lots more we hope. Um, and um and uh, yeah, so any support people can give would 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 really um you know, help with all of those things um, and also help us in our motivation to keep going through all of this.
0: It certainly sounds like there are many exciting projects coming your way and we wish you all the very best and we hope to see all of these amazing projects in action very soon. Unfortunately, we are now moving towards the conclusion of this episode of Givi Connect Plus. Thank you so much, Will, for your time today and for sharing with us this amazing story, this amazing journey of the Bridgen Farmhouse with us today
1: that's great thank you so much and it's been really wonderful to talk with you today and also thanks to Givi Um, you know we're a small charity with predominantly volunteers with a very small staff team and um, fundraising is difficult for us and Givi has been absolutely fantastic to us um, to have such a supportive um, fundraiser who also you know don't have platform fees and uh, really encouraging and have yeah so it's so, They're a great, great thing. So thank you for your time. It's been lovely to speak to you today.
0: Thank you so much, Will. And with that, we would like to conclude this episode of Givey Connect Plus. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Givey Connect Plus. We will be returning with another episode with another special guest very soon. But until then, goodbye and take care.